Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Bill Dench and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Most of us have lived in the United States of America all our lives. And our high standard of living we have come to accept as naturally as the fact that we eat three meals a day. That standard, if we stop to think about it, has largely been the result of one talent, our ability to produce more than any other country in the world. Production and plenty of it has also done more than give us a high standard of living. What are we driving at? Just this. We don't want to lose our accustomed standard of living. We also don't want to lose that freedom which we've fought for and cherished ever since we became a nation. We're threatened once again, and we mean to make ourselves so strong that any aggressor will think twice before attacking us. So, what do we do now? We work harder and longer at our job so that we can produce enough to build our strength against aggression and at the same time maintain the high standard of living which has made our country the fine place to live in that it is. The better we produce, the stronger we grow. That's the American economic system. important after-Christmas chore that many of us managed to put off till around Easter. But here at 79 Wistful Vista this morning, Mr. McGee is just finishing the job as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. For the present. Signed, Fibber. Well, that takes care of that. Hey, Molly. Yes, Jerry, what's the problem? What's the Christmas tree? Oh, I see it. You can't walk through this room without brushing against it. How many ornaments fell? Just one. Rolled under the tree. Reason I called you, I finished all my thank you notes. Want to look them over before I seal them up? Let me see. Mm -hmm. Dear Doc. Yep. Thanks for the present. Signed, Fibber. Yep. Dear Mort. Thanks for the present. Signed, Fibber. Yep. Dear Ed. Thanks for the present. Signed, Fibber. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're not showing any favoritism. Nope. Nobody's going to accuse you of being too gushy either. Nope. We did get a lot of mighty nice gifts, though, from our friends. Yeah. I guess one of the most expensive gifts of all is that silver ice bucket Dr. Gamble sent us. That's a handsome thing. Yeah, you like ice buckets. It's not any handsomer than that mantel clock we gave him, though. He broke even. It was a novel-looking clock, all right. Hmm, I'll say it was. I bet there's not another guy in town that's got a miniature plastic pirate ship with a clock in the side and a crow's nest on it that the crow pops out like a cuckoo and calls the hour. Where'd you ever find that, anyhow? Punchboard, the Elks Club. I was there the day it came in. Punched the whole board. 500 punches of the nickel apiece. Ah, that's my boy. Always in there punching. Yep, yeah, What you gonna do with the ice bucket? Put it away in the cupboard with the one Uncle Dennis gave us last year, and the one I won for a door prize this summer, and the three we got for anniversary presents. My gosh, no kidding. Have we got that many ice buckets? Seven of them. <laughs> you hardly ever see them because we hardly ever use them. Since Uncle Dennis left... Get your hat. Hmm? What do you mean? Look, Tootsie, I know it's not the gift. It's the sentiment that counts. And I know it's not polite to exchange a present. And I know the old routine about you shouldn't look a gift bucket in the mouth. 
But by George, I also know how we need that thing like a crack in the cranium. McGee, you don't actually mean you'd exchange the gift that Dr. Gamble picked out for us with loving care at the Bon Ton because he felt we'd always cherish it and enjoy it and because it was the first thing he saw? Yes. I'll run put my face on be with you in a minute. We mustn't ever let the doctor know this. Oh, we... oh now it starts. Come in. Hello there, kids. What's new? Hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hi, Oldtimer. How come you aren't busy on the grocery truck? Took the day off, kids. Oh. Recuperating from Christmas. Good. Just stopped over to thank you for them thousand and one presents you give me, kids. A thousand and one presents? Pipe, tobacco, and 999 matches. <laughs> I forgot about the matches. Yeah, I'm glad you liked them, old-timer. Have a nice Christmas, did you? Yep. Had a real cool Yule, kids. <laughs> the merriest. Yeah? Christmas this year was the most. <laughs> Had Christmas dinner with my girlfriend, Bessie, and her family. Good. Does she have a large family? Very large family, daughter. Eight of one of them weighs under 300 pounds, <laughs> except, of course, her uncle. He's got a right nice figure, Uncle Grace has. Uncle Grace? Who's Uncle Grace? Bearded lady with a carnival, son. Ah, oh. uh, Bessie's got a very talented family, kids. Sounds like it. Circus people, mostly. Acrobats, trapeze artists. You ever hear of the flying ballerinos, the death-defying daredevils, and the big top? No, I don't think so. Me either. <laughs> uh, what'd you get for Christmas, Johnny? Oh, we got a lot of nice stuff, old-timer. Molly gave me a silk robe. Hey, what'd you get from Bessie, Mr. Old-timer? Something nice? Yep. Very pretty, too, daughter. What was it? Well, so far, it's a sweater. What do you mean, so far? Bessie's knitting it, and she don't know how to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over there now and cut the string. <laughs> so long, kid. So long. Back to West Vista in a minute. One of the outstanding characteristics of a democracy is the right of each individual to worship according to his conscience and his beliefs. The churches of America symbolize the belief of many that through community worship, we can gain the moral strength and courage to lead a good life. They symbolize the important role which religion has played in the shaping of our nation. Each day, thousands turn to their religious leaders for personal guidance and for material help. Without religion, many of these people would have nowhere to turn in their hour of need. All of us recognize the important role played during the war by chaplains of all faiths in helping our soldiers to adjust to military life. Thus it is manifest that religion is an important part of the moral fiber of America. It was the need to worship which drove our forefathers to leave their native lands and come here. Let us not forget the importance of the church in our lives. Let us, through recognition of moral and spiritual hungers, guide ourselves and our families toward a way of life which bespeaks peace and harmony and goodwill toward all men. feeling a little guilty about this, McGee. Ah, pata. People didn't make mistakes on Christmas presents. They wouldn't have exchanged that at the bon time. Come on. Heavenly days. Will you look how empty this place is? Yeah. Everybody's flat broke after Christmas, kiddo. My goodness, that very aisle over there is where it took me 22 minutes to fight my way to the glove counter just as they sold the last pair. Yeah? Must have been exciting. Over there at the costume jewelry is where Mrs. Spradley stooped over to pick up an earring. Yeah? And snapped all her host supporters at once. Wow. She dropped her bundles and grabbed her stockings and walked clear to the ladies' room in a crouch. Boy. I'd like to saw that. Look over there at that broken showcase. We'd all been warned about pickpockets in the store. And when a man put his hand on Mabel Toops' arm, she wheeled and slugged him with her purse. 
turned out to be her husband. Mort? Yeah, and that's where he fell, into the showcase. <laughs> ah, those happy shopping days. Thank goodness. Now, here, kiddo, here's the exchange desk. Excuse me, miss, are you busy? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Been lonesome here today. What can I do for you? Well, we got a little problem, sis. Got a Christmas gift here we want to exchange. Well, imagine that. Where were you Saturday? Saturday? Everybody else in town was here. What a panic. Didn't anybody like anything this Christmas? Well, you see what we got here, sis, is what we got six more of at home. An ice bucket. Oh, that is a nice bucket. Yeah. What's it for? Ice. It's an ice bucket. Yes, I would make a nice bucket for ice, all right. Uh, what would you like to exchange it for? Uh, well, we don't exactly know yet, sis. We sort of thought... I'll go have this okayed by the manager, sir. And I'll just give you a credit slip. Then you can pick out whatever you like. I'll be right back. Well, now we're getting... Oh, place. no. Look, coming this way. Oh, my gosh. Doc Gamble. Now, you better let me do the talking. McGee, if he sees us bringing back the gift that he bought us, you know, an expensive thing that he probably... Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I could crawl into the woodwork. Well, hey, imagine running into you two here. Hiya, Molly. Hello, sample size. Uh, hi, large economy. Hello, doctor. We were just downtown, and uh, that is, uh, well, we, uh, isn't it empty in here, though? It was till old Barge Bottom breezed in. I bet it was quiet here, too, till you came, sound off. Why is it I bump into him everywhere I go, Molly? Well? It might be because you got such a big bumper. Oh, is that so? Yeah, that's so. Boys, well, boys, now stop it. This uh, is the Christmas season. Well, you're right, my dear. My apologies. How about you, dearie? How about what? Tell the doctor you're sorry. Oh, he needs Come on now. Okay. Doc, if I said anything to insult you, it was purely. Thank you. I think. That's better. <laughs> Are you shopping, doctor, or just looking around? Don't let us hold you up now. Oh, no, no, I'm not buying anything. I, that is, I'm, well, just looking. Hey, that package you're holding behind your back there, that looks sort of familiar. It certainly does. Why, that's the paper I wrapped all our gifts in. Why, uh, why yes, it is. I'm... Doctor, that's our gift to you. Don't tell me you're exchanging it. Uh, I don't know what to say, my dear. I I like your gift very much. Well, you're I... doggone well right. You ought to like it. Yeah. That authentic pirate ship with the clock is the perfect gift for you. And here you stand right here, bald-faced, waiting to exchange it. Yeah, but, uh, but... Doctor, I don't know what to say. Well, I do. Doc, if you swap that clock, how will you ever be able to look me in the face again? That I could give up. That's gratitude for you. You knock your brains out getting somebody a real special gift, and this is how he appreciates it. I got news for you anyhow, wise guy. It didn't come from here. I put it in a bon ton bucket. Sorry to take so long. However, our department manager says it's perfectly all right for you to exchange the ice bucket for something of the same value. Uh, Now, now, doctor, don't jump to conclusions. We can explain everything. That's right, Doc. You don't like my ice bucket. Dad ratted, Doc, we do so. Oh, is that so? Yes. Then why are you returning it? I can't understand it. That's the ideal gift for you two. <laughs> I only wish somebody had given me something like that. Oh, yeah, well, I wish somebody would have given us wait, something like that. Wait, wait a minute now. Hold everything. What's wrong, Molly? Here, Doctor. Give me that card on your package. Hmm? That's right. Now, you take this card from ours. So. What is this? Now, let's switch packages like this. What's the idea? All's well that ends well, Doctor. You've got the ice bucket and McGee has the pirate clock. (laughs) Molly, you're a genius. (laughs) (laughs) What are we standing here for? Come on, boys. You can take me to lunch. Deborah and Molly will be right back. 
I'd like to take just a moment here to remind you about some of the wonderful radio listening you'll hear tomorrow on this same NBC station. Mystery and adventure are high on the list tomorrow when Jack Webb stars as Sergeant Joe Friday on Dragnet, the true story of your police force in action. From crime to punishment, Dragnet is true. From beginning to end, Dragnet is exciting, thrill-filled radio entertainment. Be sure to hear it tomorrow. The same night, you can hear Frank Sinatra starring as Rocky Fortune on the NBC radio network. Rocky Fortune is a footloose and fancy-free young man who just can't seem to hold a job. But that's good because it makes Rocky's programs varied and intriguing. Be sure to listen tomorrow as Frank Sinatra stars as Rocky Fortune. And you'll hear Frank on another quarter-hour program of songs tomorrow, too. Along with Dinah Shore, Frank fills the airwaves with melodic listening each Tuesday and Friday evening. Listen to the programs of Dinah Shore and Frank Sinatra for the best in musical entertainment, Tuesdays and Fridays on the NBC Radio Network. Just listen to that little old clock go, Molly. Don't look pretty there on the mantel? Yes. Noisy little hunk of machinery, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Got a good strong hairspring in it. What's the right time, you know? 1.45. What's the clock say? 2.17. I wish it was 3 o'clock. Because at 3 o'clock, that little crow pops out of the crow's nest and calls three times. I'd like to hear that. It must be stuck. Stop it. Here, I'll throw the towel over it. <laughs> I'll have to fix it. Good night. Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed. The Bill Thompson is the old-timer, and Arthur Q. Bryan is Dr. Gamble, Colleen Collins as the exchange clerk. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. kitchen all day with the music and drama on the NBC radio network.